a lot to chew on there. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot to chew on there. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week, we are reading your listener stories to chill your little spines. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be scared by the end of this episode. Yeah, um, there are some really neat stories in this bunch. Uh, as we've talked about before on the show, when you email us any sort of experiences at gttupod at gmail.com, we hang on to them. More specifically, Kristen. Kristen is like... She's I'm the, the archivist. archivist. Wow. We had not talked about that before. No. no. <laughs> this is shocking. Maybe yeah. that was some sort of like a message from the beyond. Maybe it was channeled. We tapped into some sort of an energy there. Yeah, yeah. Kristen is the archivist. Yep. She holds on to all of these stories uh, uh, to, to bring them out to the group at the appropriate preordained time. That's right. So some of these are from like December of last year. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna go into them now. We're gonna dig in. Yep. Why not? All right, so I think I am going to start us off. Yes, please. Here we go. This one is from Madison. Madison says, Hi, y'all. On the last listener episode, y'all asked for quote-unquote weird body sensation stories. Yeah, I remember that. I don't remember it. No, I do remember that. The, this yeah. sort of like feeling of like your mind tricking you or like your perception just being off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Madison says, I do not sleep well, and even when I sleep, it's not great for those around me. I almost conked my sweet, long-suffering husband in the head with a wrought iron lamp because I thought he was a deer. Oh, no. Why did I think he was a deer? Why was my response to a deer being in my room to clobber it with a lamp? Unclear. Sometimes you see a deer, you just gotta hit it with a lamp. Whatever's closest. Once while bunking with my best friend, she woke up to me thrashing and kicking. Startled, she rubbed my back and pulled the covers up over me. Rather than continue thrashing or go back to sleep, either of which would have been a normal human reaction, I instead rolled over and, in her words, opened your eyes, stared directly at me, and smiled way wider than your mouth should have been able to open. I stayed like that, apparently, for hours. Oh, hours. Hours. I remember none of it. So, I might be a sleep paralysis demon myself. Who knows? Invite me to your... Invite me to your next slumber party. I'm cheap entertainment. Sounds horrifying. Yes. Um, anyway, those are all pretty run of the mill for me. That's run of the run mill. of the mill. I I never I, I maybe this will change in the future now that I have a, a child. True. But slumber parties are a thing of the past. I do like the idea though of like hiring somebody as entertainment for the slumber party, and it's like, well, <laughs> look how scary yeah, things might who, get in the middle of the night. Right. Just is staring at you with their eyes open yeah. and a, a rictus grin. Uh. Um. Let's see. Uh, Where am I missing? Anyway, those are all pretty run-of-the-mill stories for me. But I went through a period in high school where I would run crazy high fevers anytime I got the least bit sick. A doctor later explained that some people's immune systems just react with fevers, and it's got something to do with hormones. I don't know. I was 16 and psyched not to be in school. Fevers are sneaky, so I often wouldn't know I had one until I thought to take my temperature and saw the mercury spike a few degrees over 100. I always like to joke that my brain cooked away at any any mathematical ability. Hmm. A few times, though, I found out because I started hallucinating. Two memorable instances. I couldn't sleep, see above, and was watching QVC. The guy selling limited edition decorative porcelain whatever's voice got weird. It sounded like someone slowed down the rate of his voice and turned up the reverb. Every syllable was long, distorted, and echoing. That's what happens in dead silence. Oh, I've been wanting to rewatch that forever. I just keep not doing it. I don't remember. That's a definition of one of those like underrated movies. Nobody talks about that, but... James Wan, Lee Wan L, just after or during the Saw franchise, mm-hmm. spooky movie. But yeah, whenever yeah. the evil stuff happens, audio slows down and everything falls eerily silent. That's right. You know who thinks about it? Me and Zena Dixon, the real queen of horror, because when I had her on the first time, we talked about dead silence. Is that right? Yes. Ah. Um. Every syllable was long, distorted, and echoing. I've tried to reproduce the effect with audio software, but it always ends up sounding silly. This wasn't. I could hear that man's voice in my body, pure doom creeping up my veins. I don't know how else to describe it. I couldn't think of anything to do other than pull the blanket over my head and wait for it to stop. 
Until that point, I always thought I was final girl material, but turns out I'm absolutely the well-meaning but clueless friend who dies in the first 10 minutes. Same. Uh, In the second memorable instance, I had a fever and was staring dramatically out the window as it rained. The raindrops on the glass slowly morphed into what I can only describe as Super Mario Goombas. Turns out I had strep throat. What? Wait a minute. Is that a symptom of strep throat? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Have you been seeing Goombas in the rain? I have, Doc. What's wrong with me? What do I got? It's just run-of-the-mill strep throat. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's not so bad. That's fine. So, yeah, um... I, I've never experienced anything like <laughs> no, that. Have you? No, the the best that I can. It does sound. It's it sounds like tripping or something yeah. like that. I um I've never taken a hallucinogenic, mm-hmm. but I have like uh, I remember when I was a kid, I got my teeth pulled. I'm sure I've talked about this on the show. It's like one of the only times that I think I've genuinely hallucinated. I watched the dentist pull my teeth from inside my mouth, oh my God. as if I was sitting like on my tongue. Oh my, you were I, Tony. I was Tony. You were I, the little boy in your own mouth. That's absolutely right. I saw my teeth get yanked out of my head and blood fill up just like around my tongue. And then I remember being in the bed um, just after the surgery and whatever, you know, drugs they'd given me, I, I guess we're start, I was starting to come off of them. Dad was sitting in the corner in a red polo shirt mm-hmm. and the room was spinning. Now, whenever I've heard people talk about like the room spinning, I almost think that they just like feel almost like they're on a boat. Right. Just feel like they're rocking. The, my vision was as if I was impossibly, as if my I was Linda Blair. My head was rotating around. Oh it was as God. if I could see all around the room. I it, it was it was crazy. But like all of that description of like somebody's speech just slowed down until mm-hmm. it sounded impossibly slow and the rain turns into something else and you start going, Goombas. What? Goombas. Yes, I'm sorry. Goombas. Yeah. Um, but also migraines. Yeah. I've gotten migraines off and on, on for years and I've had those visual um, floating hallucination mm-hmm. things where your vision just fuzzes out. It's turns an aura. Into an aura. Yeah. That itself sounds mystic. I know. I know. They often are. An aura. But they are also just a physical, like, visual thing. Now, you're a migraine as well. Yeah, I'm a migraine freak for them. Um, I don't get any visual stuff like that. You don't? No. I Yeah, for me, it was like television static, but not black and white. Yeah. Color, colorful, poppy, sizzly static. Man. Often in the peripheral of my vision. Mm-hmm. And I remember at my old office job, I would literally sometimes just be like, I'm going to have a migraine soon and I can f- I can watch the sizzling the sizzling colorful oil uh, coming in across my nice vision. The way well, it sounds I cool. I was so like I was like a prepper. No, it wouldn't be cool. I was like I was so set for it and I would just tell my boss like I have a migraine starting. Yeah. It's not here yet. But I live about an hour away from home, so I'd better go now. Yeah. She'd just be like, what are you talking? Okay, go. Go. And I'll just leave. Mm -hmm. But like I could, I knew when it was coming and I could just take the steps. Yeah, it's good to have that alarm system. Point being, bodily phenomena does occur. Yeah. Your body is trying to tell you something is wrong, Mm -hmm. right? And if, if some part of it is affecting your brain, in my case, uh, drugs, yeah. For a surgery or whatever the hell a migraine is. Yeah. Um, it's affecting the brain and your brain is all your perception. Mm-hmm. So you're experiencing something impossible, but it's really happening to you. Therefore, the impossible thing you're experiencing is real. Yeah. And there's no making sense of it. No. Something is just screaming. Something is wrong. Right. Right. I, it's fascinating. And, and I just had like flashbacks hearing that. And so I don't remember ever hearing that story about you being in your mouth. I've never told you that. It I'm, I'm certain. It doesn't I've ring a bell. It. Really? It was, it was, uh, uh, as they say about horror, graphic and gory. <laughs> I could see it was, it was like, um, it was like Moses parting the Red Sea. I could mm. watch the blood flow into like the basin. Again, like the shining. Of not my lower only, jaw. Yeah. Not only were you Tony, the little boy lives in your own mouth, you were watching yeah, right. the hallway flood with blood. Absolutely. And the way that the, the hallway fills with blood where it's like splashing against the wall. It was like a turbulent oh ocean God. in a storm of blood, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like at best, I, I would think that they'd go like, Right. A tooth comes out and then like bloop, there's a little bubbles yeah. up a little bit. Ugh, so like my like brain that. was also 
exaggerating the effect of it. Yeah. But also clearly I couldn't, well, like, I could not see what was happening. Right. But I, for a little kid, I'm sh- I get it. You know what I mean? You're like, this must be, you don't know any better. It was, it was crazy. And, that and, is crazy. and like very, like a potent memory that like, I can still see it. I can still yeah. imagine what I saw. Pretty Man. clearly, especially Man. dad in the spinning room. It was mm-hmm. like a little asylum room, like a little white room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Real wild stuff. Um, it's not the same and not as scary as what happened with Madison and her friend while Madison was sleeping. But when I was a kid, I was sleeping over at our sister's house and our sister has um, sons and had bunk beds. So I was sleeping in, let's say, the bottom bunk and our nephew Kenny was sleeping in the top bunk. So I woke up the next morning after I slept over and I was like, ah, another day or whatever. And I went to look at Kenny in the top bunk and he wasn't there. And I was like, I wonder where Kenny is. And it turns out that apparently in the middle of the night, I sat straight up in bed with my eyes open and just started screaming. So Kenny came down the bunk stairs and was like, Aunt Kristen and I was just screaming and not paying attention to him so he went and slept in his parents bed that must have been horrifying it must have been I've I had no memory of it and he's now a police officer I wonder if he dedicated his life to correcting wrongs probably fighting villains so I set him on this path you did it was all you (laughs) (laughs) did you have night terrors that sounds like a night terror or something like that that's the only time I well I guess I I, I, that's the only time that there was another party to tell me that something like that happened. Yeah. I've always had nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Um, like a ton of them. So what's weird is I have, I, I, I certainly have nightmares. There mm-hmm. was a period of time where I basically only had nightmares. Yeah. It was all I would remember. Yeah. But Allie, uh, and there's, there's recorded evidence of this. I talk in my sleep a lot. Yes. Uh, maybe I can, maybe we can play one right now. There's a character that uses a fork for everything. She calls it something else, and she combs her hair with it. Oh, the girl from The Little Mermaid. Maybe. Why are you telling me about her? I don't. I don't know. Um, but they're always um, disappointingly or amusingly like adorable uh-huh it's me like telling a story about training a monkey yeah like yeah. it's like madcap adventures that i'm going on like yeah, I'm, you're having like i'm in time. calvin and Hobbes or something and yet i spend every waking moment like picturing violence and imagining <laughs> horror and being nervous and anxious and every dream i recall yeah is some sort of horrendous nightmare <laughs> right but anytime my dreams are just like loose enough that i might start mumbling (laughs) it's always me there's one where i'm literally i'm telling her i have to write a jingle to tell general custer that there's a new charity yeah and she goes how does it go and i'm half awake and i go general custer general custer there's a new charity that's the (laughs) jingle that was the jingle that i came up with in my dream but it's like that makes me sound like i'm some like gentle little boy and she's always like you are a lot uh, uh, sweeter. <laughs> in the dream world. In the dream world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that I'm not sweet in real life. Of but course. Apparently all my dreams are like bubblegum and roses. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, all right. This next story, let's jump to it, comes to us from Chloe. I was a freshman in college when Scream 4 came out. This is, we're off to a great start. I know. Already. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, if this is just, if the rest of this is just being like. What so, happens is that right. Sydney goes to college and then. Scream yeah. 4, Kristen. Scream 4. Oh, sorry. Jill Scream Roberts yeah, yeah. and Kirby Reed are friends in of Woodsboro. <laughs> and Sydney Prescott's come home for a book tour. All right. <laughs> I was a freshman in college when Scream 4 came out. My college roommate, Rosie, was scream-obsessed and asked a couple of other kids and me to go to the movie together. I'd never seen a scream movie before, and it ruled. Correct. Right. Anyway, when we got back from the movie, we wanted to keep the fun, scary stuff going, so I suggested we use a Ouija board. My friend Dan, an art student, had one of those giant pads of paper under his bed, so we sat on the floor of his dorm room and drew a Ouija board with a Sharpie. Rosie said she had done a seance before by using her necklace as a pendulum instead of a planchette, so we decided to try that. We started taking turns holding the necklace and asking questions. Is there someone here with us? What is your name? Etc. And we got pretty much nonsense responses, until my friend Kenyon started asking questions. When Kenyon began uh, asking his questions, which were more of the same, the board spelled out, go home. 
It may have been a coincidence, but Kenyon was the only one in our group who didn't live in the dorm. And that's where the necklace, with the planchette, uh-huh. I'm always watching people's fingers of to course. be like, who's exerting Give it a little strain. push. What's that knuckle doing? You can't make a pendulum go where you want it to. Not perfectly, not, not distinctly. That's spooky. I am a genuine skeptic, but I've never seen anything like this before or since. We felt and saw tension pull the necklace toward the letters so that the chain hung diagonally instead of hanging straight down. I love that. Me too. I don't know if it was supernatural or our collective energy doing something that science can't explain, but it was weird. We decided to stop after that. We thought we had probably been sitting there for about 20 minutes. However, when we looked at the clock... We realized in horror that four hours had passed. That's crazy, too. Yes. None of us felt like we had been sitting even remotely for that long, and we were all severely creeped out. We all decided to go outside for some fresh air. Dan folded up the board in the middle of the room, put the necklace on top, and locked his door. After coming back inside, Dan unlocked his room so we could grab our stuff before heading out. What we saw, I will never forget. The room was hazy, but felt super off like it was being shown through an instagram filter that tinted everything green Ah, valencia and what (laughs) (laughs) i remember that was a popular instagram filter when people still use them a lot i don't know if it does green i don't think so and the ouija board was unfolded still in the middle of the room still with the necklace still on top p.s also have to mention that we were all sober in this story college plus hazy rooms and, you know, I had to clarify, smiley face. Yeah. Fair. Hey, that was a great story, Chloe. Thank you. I, I totally um, agree. Starts with Scream. Yep. It's ends... got a lot of great elements. It does. You have to say goodbye at the end of a Ouija board session. That's the problem. We learned that from Zach Bagans. That's right. That's right. We just did an episode on the Netherworld Dispatch, our Patreon podcast, which is at patreon.com slash pod. And, um, yeah, they... They contacted the Zozo demon through the Ouija board in this episode that we talked about, and it was reiterated to us how important it is to close your session. You must close the session at the end. Mm -hmm. Now, I do love the idea that you go back into the room and it's all green, which also reminds me of Silent Hills PT. I know. And I also also love, though, that the story just ends here as if everybody was like, all right, good luck in your green room. (laughs) Yeah, have fun with all that. It's like you wake up in the morning. Kenyon's like, it told me to go home. I don't know. I'm going home. Yeah. That was great advice. <laughs> yeah. I'll be home. I like to imagine that they they wake up and go to check on their friend and there's just not even a door there anymore. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> That's just smooth. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> we may never know. Oh god. Uh, uh, that was fun. It really has a, it has scream. Yeah. It has a Ouija board, one of my favorites, a classic. Mm-hmm. Um Lost Time. Yeah, Lost Time is an interesting one too because yeah. I think um a, a lot of the ways that Lost Time um, works into a story on the show is through aliens or something right. like that. But odd phenomenon might just be categorically mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe time shenanigans happen whenever something weird occurs. So right. it could be aliens, could be ghosts. It's something weird happening. A frequency is off. Well, they say that time doesn't really have a place in the ethereal realms. Like time doesn't really mean anything to ghosts. Doesn't really mean anything to aliens. Right. So I wonder if, when you're in contact with those things, some of that rubs off in some sort of way. Yeah, maybe. And time starts acting funky here. Sure, but real quick, who's they? <laughs> you said they say they this? Say who's, who's they? Those who are versed the government, in these things. Uh, scientists came out and said, yes. aliens don't care about time. Yes, they did. They did I'm say sure. that? No, you know, I experts. Yeah. They're, they're working outside of time and space. Oh, to work outside of time and space. Yeah, if only. Wouldn't that be nice? To God, be outside yeah. of time? Yeah. Yes. It certainly would. Anyway. (laughs) All right. So our next story is from Yasra. And Yasra was writing to us from Egypt. Okay. Which is so cool to me. We reached uh, across the globe. Yes. Hello to Egypt. Absolutely wild. Hello to Egypt. Hello to Yasra. So they said, a bit of context. As Muslims, we believe in angels and jinn. Similar, similar to Christianity, angels are pure light creatures, while jinn are like humans. Some are good and some are evil. And the devil was of the jinn and banned from heaven by God. The first story happened to me and my sister. 
As children, we lived in an apartment in like a family building. My grandparents from my father's side were on the first floor apartment, my aunt on the second, and we were on the third and last floor. So my parents used to leave us home alone as technically it was a like shared building and our family was always downstairs. I was approximately 10 years old and my sister was seven. We were watching a a cartoon when we heard the loud and clear sounds of dishes or glasses moving or cracking together as if someone was washing the dishes. Mm. It even took a a, a good minute as we both looked to each other, confirming that we both heard it. We even had the courage to inspect the kitchen and found nothing. We were so scared and ran the fastest I've ever run downstairs to our grandparents. The creepiest part, and I love this, was that my grandpa convinced us that these are just thirsty angels looking to drink water from our home. And we were convinced and we were fine with it. Thinking about it as an adult, I say, what the F? Angels? No, thank you. How? Why? And what? Yeah. Yes. 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 To just accept that. Like your grandparents are like, oh, you heard something weird. And you as a child are like, I think it was like. It was a spirit. It could be gin. It could be whatever. They're like, no, no, it's just thirsty angels. Just thirsty angels. Yeah. Yeah. There, this is a recurring theme. I, I, I enjoy this and I've experienced sort of the other side of it uh, now, just yesterday. Um, the idea of trying to explain something to a child that is very cumbersome to explain, mm-hmm. but you want to give them an answer that is both um, something like uh, uh, clearly stated yeah. and understandable. Um not threatening, not scary. You mm-hmm. just, whatever you say, like, oh, you heard somebody, you heard dishes and you don't understand it. What my job is right now is not to tell you you're wrong and you didn't hear what you say you heard. Right. My job is to say to you something that at the end of me explaining it, you go, okay, I feel better about that. Mm-hmm. And children have such a fantastic imagination and an ability to accept information they're learning about everything right constantly um i just uh, so ali and i it was just our seven year anniversary mm-hmm. yesterday as of this recording yep and congrats thank you very much we went out to dinner with our wonderful baby zoe um and we went out to a restaurant that is across the street from a cemetery mm-hmm. Zoe has never seen a cemetery before and it clearly caught her interest she just noticed like that's a field but there's stuff sticking out of the ground i don't know what that is and um, uh, she absorbs everything and echoes things that people say and is very, very curious. So uh, she's looking at the graveyard and Allie says, she goes, oh, that's just where people who aren't around anymore live. Mm-hmm. And then we locked eyes with this, like, both doing the same math of, like, that sentence grammatically doesn't make any sense. That's where people who aren't around anymore live. Yeah. And yet, and we don't know how much she, Zoe would make sense of something like that, but it was like a practice run of trying to explain hard things. Right. And it's, it is somewhat comforting and easily stated. That's just sure. where people live. What people? People who aren't around anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. That's what that is. That's all that is. Right. My mom and dad sound like they're not disturbed by it. Therefore, I won't be. Yeah. And I think this story is something similar. That was just thirsty angels. Mm-hmm. And they might have even then sort of locked eyes and been like, what does that mean? I know. I don't know, but they we accepted We just do our it, best. And we said it without sounding judgmental or scared ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we've imparted the feeling of everything's okay. Right. That was what was important. Right. Everything is okay. That's all you can do. That's really what you're telling somebody. I I love that sort of story. I do too. And then as an adult, you think, what the F, angels, as Yasra did. Of course, yes. Yeah. Um, Here's another story about something that happened to Yasra's father, also water-based. Okay, interesting. Thirst-based, I should say. Yeah. Um, Another story happened to my father, a story that could be considered a blessing, but I find it a bit scary. Maybe the scary part is the unexpected or unexplained aspect of it. My father is a bit of a skeptic who who usually questions everything and never takes things for granted, even in his strongest beliefs. My father was on a trip to Saudi Arabia to the city of Medina, one of the two pilgrimage destinations for Muslims. And the Prophet's mosque is a part that God declared as part of heaven. Anyway, so my father was with with my grandfather during the pilgrimage and they were staying at the mosque but got to sit in the special part for a short time. 
There's high demand, so usually organizers ask people to leave so others can get in. He was reading Quran, the holy book of Islam, and got to some verses describing heaven and how when you are in heaven, all your desires and wants are granted by only thinking about them, not even requesting them. So my father, as usual, questioned to himself, I'm supposed to be sitting in a part of heaven and I feel thirsty. He did not finish his thought when he saw a hand between him and the book he was reading offering a cold glass of water. He was shocked and looked up at a man who said nothing and just gave him the glass of water and left. My grandfather, who was sitting further away and saw the interaction, asked, asked him later, did you ask someone to get you water? As he saw this man going through the crowds to give one glass of water to no one but specifically my father. For context, the mosque usually has uh, rows of cold water dispensers scattered in different areas, but nowhere close to where they sat. And the mosque is usually packed with people. According to official data, the mosque may get up to 150,000 people hourly. And this is an older number as this happened years ago. I think it is a bit scary thinking of something and finding an immediate response or proof of it. I'm not sure what to make of it. I sometimes think I want to have a similar experience, but I then say no thank you as it seems too scary to go through. Hope you like my stories. I know it's different than your content, but I wanted to let you know you have an Egyptian fan. Oh, Liz, I love those stories. I love Absolutely those stories, Yasra. Thank you very much, I don't Yasra. think they're so different no. from our content. Like they're, they're too mysterious. Yes. Like weird things that happened. And then the mental gymnastics that we go through to hopefully make sense of them and ultimately probably don't. Oh, a hundred percent. Is yeah. there 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 may just not be an, an answer explanation. at all. Right. Right. Um but in particular that that second story and like taking place in a mosque, obviously, then connecting to the notion of like um uh religion or or people being provided an answer when they need it most right yeah i'm thirsty i need water that's probably like and then water pops up between him and the quran right exactly like that is sort of like at the crux of what religion across the globe is like about like you believe you follow the rules Mm -hmm. you are a good person and you will find your way to paradise right right well here, literally, you need something that's provided for you. Mm. And like... Your faith was rewarded instantly. Right. So like, don't you... If you have that, like... If you... If you if you have that perspective of like, yes, I, I have spirituality. Yes, I am religious. Yes, I want this. Isn't that confirmation of everything? Right. Or I like Yastro's perspective of like, I thought something, it was provided for me. That also feels intrusive and to some extent. Yeah, when you're if you're just thinking it in your head. He didn't make the request. He thought to himself, I'm thirsty. Yeah. What does this imply about right. everything? It, it's sort of, I don't know, it, it folds into the whole idea of like people who've died, who've passed, can like see you in the shower or sure. something. Yeah. It freaks you out, uh-huh. you know? Like they're or, just ever present Mm -hmm. can see and know everything yeah and so that sounds cool when you think about like oh when i get to heaven and i get to the pearly gates i'm gonna ask saint peter blah 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 but what does that mean for us who are still here on earth and they know absolutely everything up there yeah including what we think no it's it's it's, freaky deaky it's totally true i uh uh i'm on the cusp of telling a very vulnerable story okay should i just tell it yeah i think so why not just tell it all right I've I've touched on this uh, here and there occasionally. It's very very weird, mm-hmm. and it is true. Okay. Uh, when I was like fourteen, I think three girls tried to get me to join a cult. Right. This is true. Yes. <laughs> no. It totally like is a true actual part of my life. Yep. These three girls, they were sisters. They told me that they could see into the future. Mm-hmm. This is true. We had moved twice. I was a very lonely. Yeah. Like lost teenager i was mm-hmm. like confused and angry yeah it would have happened like the year after we moved to new jersey yes and so like they used to like like bring me like onto their bed and lay around like scratching my head and like it was very yeah at the time it was like oh people are giving me attention mm-hmm. and then as i get older it's like this was like weirdly like predatory yeah. one of them was my age and two of them are older yeah it's like, very very weird yes anyway one night they invited me to come to like basically like some sort of like a youth pastor kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. like 
I don't know anything about religion. It was like some sect of like Christianity or Catholicism that was like very intense or whatever. So we're, we're in this place and a band is playing like God rock. Yeah. It's like butt rock, God rock. Hell yeah. And people are dancing most chaste. <laughs> you can tell I feel fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sitting in a chair, like just trying to like ignore what I'm doing, mm. but I feel extra alone again. Yeah. Cause I, I clearly should not be here. And I'm thinking about how weird this all is. And like, am I supposed to be doing this? And what are the things these girls were telling me? It was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was genuinely really crazy. Yeah. And then somebody just walks up behind me and puts their hand on my shoulder Mm -hmm. like comforting yeah and i burst into tears Mm -hmm. and it it felt like it felt like somebody was responding to what i was thinking yeah and then reaching out to be like no no no, you're not alone here never went back i think it was very shortly after that that i was like i i'm gonna stop coming here i'm gonna Mm -hmm. start stop coming to these girls house yeah um uh the point is um bizarrely i've i know sort of that feeling mm-hmm. of like i thought something and then yeah something it, resulted like, from it and it sounds like it's different than just like oh the timing was whatever like right. it felt sort of profound in some way and i hated it right hated it so intensely mm-hmm. um uh yeah it's interesting yeah i wonder though like are there other people that had that experience and were like this is i'm home I'm sure there are. It's everybody dancing to the butt rock. Right. Um, But I got the hell out of there. Yeah. And basically never looked back. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm also the guy that says I've never experienced anything. Right. (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe, you know, a couple light things that I enjoy telling the story. Yeah. I've never told that story out loud, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever told anybody that. I didn't know it, yeah. Um, uh, And I don't think about it much, but it is like a a true weird thing. Yeah. That happened in your life. And it, and it was a, and for me, it was a horrible feeling. It was like a totally intrusive, bizarre, overwhelming moment. Yeah. It sounds like it. Very weird. So, I mean, certainly Yasra can identify with that idea. Yes. Not necessarily wanting those internal like thoughts answered. Sure. And maybe, yeah, I don't know. Well, interesting. Yeah. There there you go, everybody. I mean, that, that, (laughs) there's like so much more to that. To that arena of like what was going on with that, but mm-hmm. just I don't know. I haven't thought about that in a while. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank Yasra for bringing it to the surface. Yes, thank you, Yasra. Yes, and thank Debbie. Yes. <laughs> thank Debbie. Everybody must thank Debbie. What a transition. Yep. Thank Debbie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't even hire. Thank Debbie. Thank Debbie. Uh, don't you love finding a new indie artist whose designs just speak to you? Not not too personally, but not speak too to personally. You. Not the hand on the shoulder. No, no, no. Bonus points when they're a little quirky, weird, spooky, and cute at the same time. Well, enter Debbie Draws Funny. That's right. Artist Deb Tercio creates designs for stickers, greeting cards, pins, and even shirts that reflect her interest in pop culture, nature, and of course, the spooky stuff. That's right. And now she has a Patreon page where you can get exclusive (laughs) (laughs) subscriber-only designs like this month's super... Super duper cute ghosts and mushrooms at night motif. Williams, please describe these to the people what they get when they join Deb's Patreon. They okay, they are adorable. So, this first one that I'm putting up on the screen, if, if for anybody who's watching the video version, it is a little red capped mushroom <laughs> <laughs> at night. I'm gonna say yeah. so, it's it's a beautifully lit, uh, tall mushroom at night, little like almost like. Fairy lights or fireflies are, are dotting the blackness around it. And also, a cute little spooky ghost is peeking from around the mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> Almost like a friendly little ghost. Just like a little curious, like, huh? It's like, it's cutesy and atmospheric, but yeah. not so cutesy that it's not just straight up cool looking. Oh, I think it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love it. And so right now, anyone who becomes a 10 to $15 patron in the month of September is going to be mailed a sticker of this design and also a print in the beginning of October. So head to patreon.com slash Debbie Draws Funny for exclusive art prints, stickers, and more bonuses. Plus you get to support 
support an awesome independent artist. Yes. And also go to DebbieDrawsFunny.com to check out her whole line. We are big fans of Debbie's. Highly, highly recommend. Huge fans. DebbieDrawsFunny.com. Love it. Uh, support the artists. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I'm putting another one on the screen. Uh, same motif. Little cute red cap mushrooms on an adorable green hillside. And this time we've got, oh, you can count the ghosts. Mm-hmm. A million little ghosts peeking out. Some over a hill, more behind mushrooms. Some even po- peeking out from the corner of the frame. It is It is a comfortable image. It is. So that's the print you get when you join the Patreon. Fabulous. Yes. Fabulous. Check it out. Um, all right. And we also want to let you know about a show that we think you'll love. Lizzie Cooperman's In Your Hands. Each week, Lizzie listeners called Sorcerers listen to the show and then vote on what she does next with her life. And she actually does what they voted for. It all plays out in real time. So... If you listen, you'll be pretty much deciding her destiny. Think she should sell her car? Become a professional tarot reader? Pursue a man she met at a mixer that you voted for her to attend? I like this puppet mastering going on. Every episode, she offers two options. Then you vote in her Instagram stories. When she gets the results, she follows through on whatever you voted for, no matter what. She brings on hilarious comedians and experts to help you make a decision. Her life is truly in your hands. So please do yourself a favor and listen to Lizzie Cooperman's In Your Hands wherever you get your podcasts. It is a brilliant, It's an brilliant excellent premise. idea. And also the show art is very cool. It's hands holding a little globe. You are in her hands. It, it, it is. She's in yours, rather. True. Yeah. It yeah. is straight up genius. Yeah. Yeah. So check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. All right. How about another story? here let's do it or why don't you you tell me something incredible incredibly vulnerable from your life that you've never said before <laughs> if i could think of something off the top i would there's nothing we know I, all. I i know there was an episode it may have been a listener stories episode where i was telling you something in a similar vein and i was sweating yeah i, I started red. i started I sweating just now i can't remember what it was but i remember in the episode i keep going i'm sweating yeah i'm getting red it's like <laughs> a weird like secret pocket of my, yeah. of my life that i just gave people a little a little glimpse at yeah yeah all right anyway this next story comes to us from s mm-hmm. i've had a relatively unspooky life unless you count various traumas Same. Same. Huge same. (laughs) Uh, There are really only two instances I can count as a brush with the unknown. The first occurred in my childhood home, at least the one that was home for the majority of it. There was a presence there, a spot toward the ceiling of the dining room that gave off an inexplicable but undeniable sense of dread. My very sweet small dog would stare at it without fail, and my eye was always drawn to it, knowing that something was there. That sounds like Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like Laura Palmer, they have that like ceiling fan, and they always show this shot up the stairs of the ceiling fan. Like something is threatening about the ceiling fan itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so weird. Okay. My very own little brother, William, and I would scramble up the stairs every night. Neither of us wanted to be the last one downstairs with the lights off. This continued well into our teen years, especially after the following instance. I was 16 or so and was blow-drying my hair in the downstairs bathroom. It was one of those Jack and Jill Brady Brunt... Brady Bunch? (laughs) Brady Brunch. Brady Brunch. Brady Bunch-style bathrooms, so there were doors on either side of me, one leading to the computer room where my brother was playing and the other leading to the spot. Normal night, normal routine, when suddenly the hood of my sweatshirt was yanked, causing me to bend back sharply. I immediately lose my shit. My brother loses his shit, and my mom, apparently unmoved, yells at us both for making too much noise. (laughs) I think that's so funny. That was great. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Keep it down up there. I tell her it was the ghost. She says it was probably my brother. He swears up and down it wasn't. So she switches gears and says, I probably snagged the hood on the doorknob as if we all limbo with a hairdryer. After we poked a hole in that theory, she suggested I might have had a seizure and told us both to go to bed. Well, mom of the year. <laughs> she does. It. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, know, that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, I never had anything else physical happen in that house, but the presence remained. My second story is just a weird happening. So any insight from paranormal experts such as yourselves would be appreciated. In college, I worked for our newspaper. 
which meant many late nights in our office in the student building. One night, I was in the office of a friend, waiting for them to finish some editing work, when I got a funny feeling similar to when I would feel the spot in my childhood home. I knew something was just beyond the open door, right out of sight. As I turned to look, I saw a creature, but I didn't really see it, more like I saw a memory of it. It was like a goblin, maybe. A gremlin? A gnome? It had a had had pointy features and was small enough for its head to be below the door latch. Its long, sharp and bony fingers curled around the door frame as it peered in at me. Almost as soon as I was aware of it, it was gone, and I was left with a distinct feeling. I wasn't supposed to be able to be allowed to see it. And I knew that. I freaked out internally and hurried my friend up, but I didn't tell them that what I saw because, I mean, come on, I would have sounded insane. But, like, I know what I experienced was real, in a way. So what did I experience? And more puzzling, how? I wish I had the answer as S. I don't, yeah, there, there's no answer, but a lot to chew on there. Yeah. For sure. Like a lot to chew on there. Yeah. Simply the idea of, because honestly, oh boy, that, 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 that question or that, that weird description of a feeling. Mm -hmm. I know I shouldn't be able to see that. Right. Even though I see that. It's right there. I can see it. It's right there. What thing are you looking at? Your, your Some, eyes are looking at something. I don't know. I'm looking at all the garbage on the dog bed, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I should not be able to see that it's not really here. Right. That thing over there is not really here. That's right. crazy. That's crazy. That little to Mega say. 64 stuffed toy. Yeah. I thought that was what you were going to sure. say. <laughs> Sean Chatfield from Mega 64 with makeup all over his face. Right. So I, uh, uh, I had said something on the show at some point in the last few months. I talked about going to Times Square to write mm -hmm. and how yeah. I was thinking about ghosts and maybe there are a lot of ghosts in New York and they're all just walking around. You think that they're just passers by. And I imagine the idea that I'm sitting there thinking, being like, I wonder if there are ghosts here. And then a big, tall person dressed like the Statue of Liberty turned and looked at me. It's so <laughs> scary. It was so terrifying. <laughs> and um, that also of like thinking something and then getting an instant answer. Yeah, right, right, right. So uh, uh, similarly, just the idea of like the paranormal world or cryptids or creatures realize when somebody picks up on their wavelength yes. of like, we've been noticed, we've been seen mm -hmm. and we're not supposed to be seen. And they immediately lock eyes with you. Yeah. Or in this case, the gremlin curls its bony hands around the door jam to be like, that person saw me. Why right. can they see me? And what is it? Does it have something to do with having the spot in your house growing up? Right. And being acquainted with that radiation, that right. feeling? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Essentially, like you're almost becoming, um, I don't know, like indoctrinated yeah. in something. Indoctrinated. Yeah. I was almost indoctrinated. Yes. Um, I, yeah, yeah. Like you are, I, I recognize the feeling of being near a hot spot. Right. A portal between worlds. Yeah. There's this guy, Sargell 18. Yep. Who, uh, tell him Steve, Walt, uh, tell him Steve Dave, Walt Flanagan of tell him Steve Dave, uh, has talked to a lot. There's a podcast. Podcast. Yeah. And, uh, so Sargell 18, uh, has all these photos that he posted online. I think he took them all down now. Um, but he said that they are beings from other dimensions and they all yeah. are just like wispy smoke. Like you'd easily look at them and just be like, somebody's blowing cigarette smoke. And then he's drawing the outline of like a dinosaur in it. You right. Know? So like people can just be like, it's hokey. But maybe it's like, no, no, no. You're seeing something that's there, but it's also not there at yeah. the same time. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is simultaneously in existence and not. And also the idea that like you're not going to find things if you're yeah. not looking for them sometimes. Right. Yes. You know, like the people who are sort of attuned to this either just through interest. Yes. Like myself or you or through proximity and familiarity like S. Right. They're just going to walk by it. But this is something that's kind of top of mind mm -hmm. for some people. So they're going to see it and it doesn't make it not real just because the other person who never thinks about it doesn't see it. Yes. Have necessarily. you ever have you ever gone back to a place where you once worked? And mm -hmm. you can see somebody like violating a rule. Yeah. The average customer wouldn't see it, but because you used to work there, you notice. Right. It's like that. Yeah, totally. Like, I know this rule set. 
yep. somehow, even though most people do not. Mm-hmm. So I see you, little gremlin, even though I know I shouldn't be able to see you. Yeah. And that that conflict of it exists and it doesn't creates a dissonance in you that makes you go, oh, it's nutty. This, yeah. is, this is crazy. Something doesn't it's like feel right. Not really happening. Right. It's a hallucination or something. Yeah. But no, it was real. It's real. Again, I'm the guy who doesn't believe, but of course, but I, I, love, I love that. Of course. <laughs> well, I think these next stories are going to probably take us on out, but are also sort of on the same theme because our listener, I hate to tell you this, I hate to say it, I wrote both Brand and Brad for this person's name. Hmm. I don't know which one it is. I was trying to figure it out. Can't figure it out. Unexplained. It's unexplained. We may never yeah. know. Um, Brad, but thank you. Thank you, Brad Brandt. Um, Brad Brandt has had a lot of experiences. And so, again, it could be that sort of thing of, like, they're thinking about this sort of thing. So they notice it when other people don't. Right. Um, so here is the beginning of the roundup. And then you are going to tell us some of the same stories from Brad or Brand as well. They say... I'd consider myself a skeptic, and even with the experiences, I still can. Uh, and even with these experiences, I still consider myself a skeptic. But looking into the unexplained is always a lot of fun. Duh. Uh, <laughs> I thought maybe it would just go uh, undocumented. I, <laughs> I feel like you like paused for something. Like Will just did a bit of a dribble spilled, down his front. Spilled he's, water all over myself. He's, poured pumpkin juice down his front or whatever. Harry Potter. Harry talking Potter. to Cho Chang. <laughs> <laughs> dribbled pumpkin juice down my front. Okay. Sorry. No, no problem. I saw a sparkle out of the corner of my eye. I thought perhaps a it was shimmer. something of the other realms. And then I realized it was droplets of water. No, it got in my mustaches and <laughs> spread from there. Okay. This story... Ta- oh, so... And also... Um, I'm just going to say Brad. Sure. Okay. And uh, Brad gave these almost like little titles or categorizations. This one is potential abduction. Mm. This story takes place during the 2008 summer holidays when when my mate and I were about 11 or 12. He's with his older brother and I'm with my two younger brothers, climbing trees in the park near our house and just enjoying the very rare English heat wave. So the sun is shining and the sky is cloud free. So we're sat in this tree discussing what we should do that afternoon, and a pale white light comes down from the sky in front of us and opens up. It was very similar to the beam of light at the start of the live-action Mr. Bean series with Rowan Atkinson, but a lot paler, and the circle that had opened at the base of the light wasn't as big. Now, William, can you bring this to mind? I can't. No, but it it makes me want to do some bean research. Is bean an alien? Maybe it's time to cover... No, no, there's no way. Is it always like that? <laughs> it would explain a lot. The, why is there a beam of light at the start of the live action Mr. Bean, as Brad says? <laughs> is there a beam of light and bean? A bean of light. A bean of light. <laughs> we, Kristen, I was about to say the sense we may never know, but we're going to find out. I want to watch some bean clips. It has nothing to do with anything. I, did bean yeah, ever I do harm? I think just in life, we'll watch bean clips. For the show? What the hell's... That has nothing to do with anything. There has to be a Halloween bean. There might be a Halloween bean. As everybody knows, one time I was at the sauna spa place, and there is the little section where you can take a nap because you're like hanging out there all day. Mr. Bean was in there with his teddy bear? No, they were playing Mr. Bean. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, this is what we're here to relax to? The most comforting. Yeah. Usually in that spa. Is it the same one that I'm thinking of? Yep. Uh, Often it's uh, footage of turtles, which is very peaceful. That's peaceful. And then the soundtrack to The Legend of Zelda. Wait, I just remembered. Which something. is great. I just remembered. It wasn't actually Mr. Bean. I, it was um, Johnny, Johnny English. English. Yes, which is even weirder. Kristen, there was another synchronicity. I didn't know. <laughs> that well, I, I mean... was about to say Johnny English. <laughs> we must have tapped into something again. I gotta say, I'm all for us tapping into things. But if it's if I'm saying I thought something was Mr. <laughs> Bean, but it wasn't. It was the answer is Johnny, Johnny English. <laughs> no, that was the divine, <laughs> a divine presence, however you name it, uh, a divinity of your own understanding. Yeah. Um, bean. bean, bean is my divinity. <laughs> bean is my bean. divinity. Um, that could have happened. What if I was like so relaxed and loosened up from the sauna that when I saw Mr. Bean on the screen, <sighs> I was like, everything feels right. It's him. Oh no, I like this. 
This is like how I felt when I realized Jiminy Glick is great. <laughs> Jiminy Glick is so good. First I thought it sucked, and I was like, oh no, I love it. It's fantastic. You felt that way about Martin Short as a whole, and oh, you were proven wrong. He's I know. wonderful. I know. You saw the light. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this beam of lights, all right? <laughs> Just to reiterate. Yeah, yeah. Um, a pale white light comes down from the sky in front of us and opens up. And the circle that had opened at the base of the light wasn't as big. We could see through it, but the bushes opposite us were distorted. Hmm. And now for context, the nearest flats or lampposts were a minimum of 10 to, excuse me, 7 to 10 feet away. So, like, there, there isn't, you know, building or light interference in this. It just yeah. sort of happened. Um, Brad says, I spoke about this to my youngest brother, who would have been eight at the time in 2020 when we were both furloughed because of the pandemic, and he said he didn't remember it. Oh, that's so tricky is it, too. Right. So is it just a weird thing because he was eight and you don't always remember anything? Or it almost makes everything? it like a lonely memory. Right. Right. I thought we experienced this together, but no, we did not. Right. Or is it some sort of almost like a lost time situation? Sure. Yeah. Who knows? This next one is called Cat Ghost. Yeah. The houses in my girlfriend's area of our city are old, including hers, dating to either the late 1800s or turn of the 20th century. Her mom, her mom and my girlfriend are both self-confessed psychics that claim they can see ghosts. My girlfriend swears there's a ghost of an old man in her bedroom, but I haven't seen him, felt him, or heard him. Apparently, he just watches. I'll sleep in the living room. Yeah, right. I'll take the couch. The two strange encounters I've had whilst there, though, come in the form of her deceased cat named Deepy, Deepy. who passed when she was a child. Aww. The first time I heard a creak coming from the staircase, and I saw a black shadow move along the wall of the stairs. I thought I imagined it until my girlfriend, who was stood next to the stairs, crouches down and says, That's Deepy come to visit. The next encounter I had with the ghost of Deepy was the week after. I'm sat in the same space on the sofa next to the front door, just like last time. Her mom is on the other sofa by the stairs, and we're watching some war documentary on the History Channel. In the corner of my eye, I see a black shadow weaving through the stuff on the coffee table. I turn my head to look directly at it, and the shadow just keeps weaving in and out of the stuff before it jumps down the side of the sofa I was sitting on and disappears. Her mom looks up and goes, Deepy loved sleeping down there. Oh. I know. Very nice. It is. It's very nice. Yes. Because just the idea that like, yeah, I had a cat named Deepy when I was a kid. Yeah. He died. I still have him. But yeah, I like that. I still have him. But he's, he's still around. Yeah. Deepy's about. Lovely. Here's another pet based one. All right. These are the hamster orbs. Oh, now usually when you hear about somebody catching orbs in a photograph, they're floating around. There's not a hamster in them. I, this it's kind of like capturing orbs in a photograph. I've never heard anything like this before. Excellent, and I think it's it's sweet. Somebody should Photoshop hamsters into all the horror photography. <laughs> yeah, we'll right? all feel so much better. Yeah, I love animals, and at Christmas in 2010, I was given two of the most beautiful Russian dwarf hamsters. One was black and white and was super energetic, attention-seeking, and clumsy, and I named him Pipsqueak, hmm. and the other was a pure white-coated thing, which was the Antichrist. Oh, no. He hated being picked up and would bite a lot, and I gave him the name Snowball. What good luck if the Antichrist comes down and, and is and stuck is in the body in the of, a of a hamster. <laughs> Honestly, maybe we were saved. Maybe, yes. By what comes to pass here. Right. Um, when they eventually passed, I cried, but two weird things happened. I was in bed one night a couple of days after Snowball passed, and I saw two orbs dancing above my head. One was a dark gray blob, the other was a white blob, and they had a light gray blur around them. Then they flew out the window. I had a video of the two in real life playing together on my phone, but that night I tried to find the video and it was gone. Hmm. It's kind of strange. So I like the idea that this was a black orb, a white orb, and then there was gray around them. Maybe it was that they were just kind of like running around each other and yeah. created a blur between the black and white. So yes. perhaps Pipsqueak and Snowball, just like Deepy, were having a good time hanging out. They became like a yin-yang. Yeah, you're right. Right? And them flying out of the window might not have meant that they were like, you know, jumping out the window or whatever. Right. But again, 
time, space, structure seems to mean nothing to these things. You're right. So perhaps they were just off playing in what to them is like another room, and they very well could have come back another time, but Brad just didn't see the orbs. Human perception. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Very. You never hear about a hamster ghost. Not enough. There would be animal ghosts everywhere, yeah? Yes. Again, wall to wall. Right, everywhere. Packed with ghosts. Everywhere. With the amount of people who have existed. However, I don't necessarily think that that means that they're just earthbound all the time. They're probably blooping and blopping in and out of here all the time. Wait, what? What? I don't think that just because... So we've joked about how, like, if everybody who has died is a ghost. Yeah. Just as far as proximity goes in space, they must just be packing this room wall to wall oh, with yeah, ghosts. Yeah, they would yeah. have to be. Mm. But I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that they're always in our earthly realm. They're probably off doing something else, and they bloop in here real quick and blop back out. What do you mean? Like they're going to, like, Jupiter? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they are. I don't know. What are they doing there? But they're probably not just hanging out here all the time. What's going on on Jupiter? It's a question we'll have to ask the ghosts. We'll have to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, here's another story from Brad. This one, I have proof. I've got this photo right here. I'm going to put it up on the screen for anybody who's watching the video version. It might be tricky to see a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Uh, The photo may need to be enlarged and the brightness turned up. This happened in 2014. So at the time, my friends and I were really into filmmaking, and I was trying to direct a short psychological coming-of-age film. One of the locations was this abandoned mod base? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not familiar. And luckily, one was nearby. Because we are not supposed to be in there, we were all keeping an eye out for the police, security, etc. But for about five hours, we were alone. Until. We were shooting in the corridor of the main office building, and I stopped and crouched because I see someone on the other end of the corridor. As I go into the crouch, a friend takes my picture. When I edited it, I saw that he managed to capture what I saw. The only light we could use in the corridor was the entrance situated behind us because the door was off its hinges. It's not pitch black, but there was a noticeable absence of light and there was nobody there. And yet, I saw this silhouette. I posted this on Instagram a couple of years back and I got a message from someone saying that they experienced things being thrown and loud bangs coming from the floors above us when they explored the place. You can see the silhouette in this edited photo. Yeah, it's a little too dark for me to yeah. see, but this is maybe... So we'll... as he said, he, he said that, you know, we would need to turn the brightness up and right. everything. Um, maybe so we it's... can post this with the, the show, though, if, yeah. if people want to mm-hmm. check it out uh, and see if yeah, they Yeah, he said that he had themselves. posted it publicly, so... Yeah, true. Right. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a shot here, and let's just turn up the brightness in the backlight. Okay. So I'm literally cranking the brightness on the little TV that we have on the set here. Mm-hmm. Crank this sucker up to 100. Starting to be able to see a little further down the hallway, right. I have to say. Now, the backlight is already very low, so as I crank it up higher, maybe we'll start to see something manifest. I mean, it is so it looks exactly like what you would think exploring an abandoned building would look like. There's graffiti on the walls. Um, there's debris on the floor. I think I, I think I do see, in the deep background, there's like the vague sort of shape. Mm-hmm. of a person in the video version of the show the backlight makes the screen go a little crazy so i do think we'll have to post this photo with the episode yeah but i do sort of see the shape of like a a, a head right a head and a neck. shoulders yeah. yeah oh spooky Very just the cool. idea of being somewhere abandoned and thinking that you see another person just Anything. that in and of itself is not uh well just not ideal yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, so this next story uh, uh, is called Shop Ghost. This isn't my story, but me, my girlfriend, our friend, his girlfriend, and another mate have all seen the CCTV footage. My mate, I'm going to say friend. Okay. My friend worked at the store where worked at a store where CCTV shows a shelf being ripped out of the wall, cans falling like they're being swept off the shelves deliberately, and a white humanoid blur caught on camera. Love that. I love that. Post that too. That sounds great. Yeah, right. I want to see that. Uh, Unfortunately, we can't because it was the CCTV footage and they don't have it anymore. That's true. All right. So we've got two remaining stories from Brad. This one titled Possible Haunted House. For three months over 2021, I ended up living with my friend. Like I mentioned before, this was another very old house in the same area of our city as my girlfriend's. I didn't see or hear anything, I don't think. 
but the feel of the house was wrong, and that increased the longer I was living there. The hot spots where I felt a deep sense of dread and feeling of being watched were in the upstairs hallway, where some nights, I swear I'd seen a shadow walking up to my room and back towards the stairs, as well as in the kitchen that also connected to the bathroom. It always felt like someone was in there. I thought I was crazy. However, one night my girlfriend came around to watch movies, and as she, and she kept staring down the corridor leading toward the kitchen before saying, Are you alone? I said, Yeah, my friend won't be back until 10 or 11. And she said, I need the toilet, but I think someone's in the kitchen. No, no one there. I That, just like, you make sense of it privately. Yeah. I can deal with this. There's no one there. Right. And then your girlfriend, come, and just anyone comes over, and they... And refutes that. Looking, being like, no, I see something. You didn't even tell them about it. Right. They're just also seeing it and experiencing it outstanding. <laughs> it is outstanding. It is. You're absolutely right. And the final story to bring us home, the most perfect... Of course. Ah, brilliant title. Toilet Ghost. I thought it was Toilet Dad. Toil- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's my autobiography. Because <laughs> it's his dad's story, so in my mind, I changed it to Toilet Dad. Toilet Ghost. This isn't my story, but my dad's. When he was younger, probably late 70s, early 80s, he and his friends went to use the toilet Well, in, in the late 70s, early 80s, I think, right? When he was younger, late 70s, early 80s. That's not the oh, well, age. No, 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 not the age. But I'm, I, <laughs> I'm just clarifying. It's the 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> These are decades. <laughs> not his age. When he was a bit younger. When he was younger. A scamp of 70 or 80. My father is 300 years old, but when he was younger, like in his 70s or 80s, <laughs> his young man. Anyway, it was in the 1970s or early 1980s, he and his friends went to use the toilet in school. Like most older schools, the toilets are normally windowless, cold, with a lot of slime and quote-unquote water covering the floors. That's not good. No. (laughs) You gotta clean up the schools. It ain't good. Clean up the schools. We need increased funding in these school toilets. We've got to clean the floors and get rid of the slime and the quote-unquote water. Water. I think we all know that feeling, though. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wet, disgusting floor of a public bathroom. Oh, of course. My God. Evocative. What's happening in there? I don't know. Hardly the nicest places on earth. He said that as they entered, they saw a man standing in the corner, and what he they and when they asked him what he was doing in there, the man disappeared. <laughs> oh my God! No. I know. That's horrible. It's terrible. As if the water wasn't enough. I know. That story is like only like four sentences. I know. That's all you need. But then that last sentence. The economy. Hey, what are you, why are you standing in the corner? And then he just evaporates. (laughs) (laughs) Disappears into like smoke and dust. Yeah. How do you go about your day? I don't know. How do you recover? How do you go about your life now? <laughs> Everything's different. Absolutely. Your life has been like ruined. Well, here's a question for you. Yeah. So Brad, or I'm so sorry if your name is Brand, but Brad's father experiences that. Yeah. Making this all up. Perhaps that did give him an openness to the idea of other things in life that are unexplainable. Okay. Perhaps growing up with a father who has that openness led to Brad having an right. openness that has led to him getting to experience all of these incredible things because he's open to it and perhaps looking for it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yes. It, so perhaps this toilet dad story is where it all started. Toilet dad. I I, I, I think you're right about that. I really do. Like our, yeah. our dad was really into mysteries. Right. Totally. Right? And now he's passed on to us also a love of mysteries that will apparently continue to proliferate. Yeah. Uh, result in other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I'm just trying to imagine saying to somebody, hi, how are you? And then they disappear. They, they, they like, and they're gone. They vanish. And then you're just standing there. Right. What well, do you do next? I guess I'll go to the bathroom. Is that, do you, you just sort of like. On the floor. Okay. <laughs> just go into the stall. I would be reeling. I don't know. I might just leave. Yeah. Like, turn around you, and leave the bathroom? Literally, what would you do? Yeah. 
I guess I would. I'd just be so shocked. You I wouldn't know to, what to do. Although if you have to go, you have to go. Yeah, I'm not being jokey, but like you, I, you, I guess you would go to the bathroom and then just leave and be like, did I see what I saw? Sometimes things are so crazy. You can't even process them in the moment. So yeah. the only thing that you can do is still doing whatever you're supposed to do at that time. That is true. And only when you have like the time and space later to think about it, you'd be like, that was nuts. That is very true. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's just yeah. You there has to be something you do next. Mm -hmm. There has to be the next thing you say. You know, it's just I just love that they asked him what he was doing there, and he disappeared. <laughs> like it's just such a simple descriptor. I know, and it just it boggles the mind. It's awesome. <laughs> it titillates the senses. It truly does. Fantastic, fantastic. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Brad or Brand. Yes. Um, and <laughs> really did an injustice to your name for all the wonderful stories you sent in. I know. Thank you so much for them. Thank and you. thank you to everybody who has sent us stories. We have plenty more. We do. we do. So there will be more episodes like this in the future. And as we said before, we always hang on to them. So if you would like to send us a story, please send it to gttupod at gmail.com. And we'll take a look at it. And it may appear in an upcoming episode. Tell your friends. Mm -hmm. Tell everybody you know. Everyone you ever met. Yes, to send their stories on. Please. And if you like the show and you would like to support the show and get even more Guides to the Unknown, please head to patreon.com slash gttupod. This is a place where you can choose to make a monthly donation. We have a number of tiers, so you can choose whatever works for your lifestyle. And you get bonuses in return. You can get up to an extra episode of the show every single week. Mm -hmm. We have a second podcast only for Patreon subscribers called the netherworld dispatch that comes out every single monday so you get access to that you get access to the special guides the unknown discord which is popping off every single day and you help keep the show going which we are unbelievably thankful for so thank you so much to everybody who's already a member of our patreon and i hope you will join us over there at patreon.com slash gttupod it's a bustling community truly is wonderful folks mm -hmm. um this past monday Kristen and i released ghost adventures adventures yeah we got back into an old format we watched the zozo demon episode check that out of ghost adventures and listen to us talk about it mm -hmm. um and we just recorded this coming monday's episode where we look at unsolved mysteries again we watched some spooky clips and some celebrity quote-unquote cameos yeah right on Unsolved Mysteries, but that's coming out on Monday. It's a for good Demons. rock block of it episodes. Is. Ghost yeah. Adventures, Adventures, and Unsolved Mysteries. It's true. It's a good one. That is good. Mm -hmm. That would be like Thursday night must-see TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that'll do it for us, everybody. Thank you so much. If you want more Guide to the Unknown, you can also find everything we've ever done, merch, advertising info, links, contact stuff on our website, gttupod.com. Mm -hmm. uh, follow at gttupod on all social media, and you can also follow us. Yep. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at the Myth Traveler. I also have a poll running where you can yes, guide my yes. life to some extent. I'm doing these little uh, like side quests in addition to working on like different like large projects that I can't share. Mm -hmm. I'm working on these little side projects that I, I want to post quickly and work on with people on the internet. So if you go to themythtraveler.com as this episode drops, there's a little more time to vote on what my next side project will be. Do you want me to uh, do how I would reboot a franchise again? Um, do you want me to work on uh, an audio drama for Halloween? Get back into that. Um, and a couple of other options I think are really Super fun. Super cool. Go cast your votes. Uh, it's almost time. Time's almost up. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, thank you so much for hanging out with us, everybody. Yes. We'll be back next week. We hope that you will uh, follow along behind us closely. Mm -hmm. Come on. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. It's like a little Taylor Swift thing, dropping a little Easter egg. That's right. Mm. That's right. The Pied Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.